Hey everyone, welcome to my podcast. I'm Jesse Neeland. Today I want to talk about attraction. And if you haven't listened to my episode on disgust, that might be useful for you to listen to first because I talk a lot about how disgust, specifically moral disgust, is something that we are taught throughout life. We learn to feel disgusted by certain people and things, and that that disgust is informed by what we learn about who is good and who is bad, who is virtuous and who is corrupt, essentially. So throughout uh, decades, you know, different time periods, you can see how we used to be disgusted by one thing, and now we're not disgusted by that anymore as a culture. We don't feel, we don't have a disgust reaction to that thing anymore because we all kind of figured out, oh, actually that thing's not, not so bad. And Um, you can absolutely do the work to dismantle disgust inside of yourself, moral disgust, because it's entirely based on lies about who is good and who is bad. So the example I talk about is fat folks. People in larger bodies often are seen as disgusting. People have a disgust reaction, particularly when they're being sexual or, or, you know, sort of being shown in a sexual light. The reason for that is because we have learned culturally that fat people represent some kind of moral failing, moral weakness. You know, it, it's some something personal that they've done wrong to end up in a large body. That is our association. It's a bias. It's called the anti-fat bias. It's really well researched. Um, we can also call it fat phobia. But it basically means that people learn without usually, you know, ever even realizing that it's it's a thing they learned that fatness is gross. And so then when someone's like, you know, oh, I made this beautiful film about uh, two fat people falling in love. You know, there's a lot of people who would have a, like a ooh reaction to that, right? They learned that. It's not because of the bodies. It's because of the, the moral bias they have about what that means, that these, um, these people in these bodies are somehow just bad and we have that association of like moral corruptness or whatever weakness. It's bad. It's wrong. And so we have a disgust reaction to it. But you can unlearn that because it's a lie. You know, it's absolutely, absolutely wrong. So you can unlearn that about people in larger bodies. And then you can unlearn the disgust reaction, which means like the the work that I've done I certainly, like everybody else, used to think something along those lines. And, and now I think absolutely nothing of the sort. You know, I, I can look at, at people and recognize their hotness and find them sexy. I can see fat people in, in sexual representations and be into it, you know, because now I, I just see them as people. I've done the work to unpack my biases about what it means to be fat. And so you can completely retrain your, your emotional response, your disgust response to, to anything that you're really attached to for moral, moral disgust. And the reason I want to recap that a little bit is because today we're going to talk about attraction and it's very, very similar. Just like there is pathogen disgust, which is like, we're not going to rewire that anytime soon. It's, you know, we have a built-in innate disgust about like, um, you know, excrement and, uh, and rotting dead bodies and and things like that um you know spoiled milk like there's all these things that make us be like ugh, gross you know and, and that's innate that's pathogen disgust because those things are bad for us we want to get away from them and and it's just a sort of genius thing built into our our systems 
to keep us from eating poison, basically. Um, so because there's, there is that with disgust, a very similar thing happens with attraction. There is an innate attraction thing that we can't necessarily know about. You know, there are pheromones at play when we talk about who we're attracted to. You might see the sexiest person on the planet and then get close to them or have them like, you know, want to be in your space to try to kiss you or something. And you're just like, oh my God, no, like something about this person's smell, something about this person's taste. Like it is all just no, that's a big no for me. The reason that can happen is because there's some shit going on below the surface that has nothing to do with stuff we normally think about when it comes to attraction. And it's a lot of like chemical pheromone stuff, you know, maybe their immune system and your immune system would um, you know, clash in some particular way that evolutionarily it just makes, I don't know, ma- it makes things bad. And in the end, you just don't feel attracted to them. That's all it ends up being is like they don't turn you on. Maybe you think they're good looking, but they don't turn you on. There's some stuff that's innate. We're never going to override any of that. There's some stuff between individuals that is going to be innate when it comes to attraction. But most of what we think about attraction, just like most of what we think about um, finding people disgusting, is learned. It's, it's essentially the flip side of moral disgust. It's moral attraction. <laughs> it's that we are attracted to things we learn are good, virtuous, like high status, important. So you probably growing up in our culture, have this exact inverse to the anti-fat bias, which is the sort of pro-thin bias, meaning you see thin people as better people because you've learned that they're harder working. I mean, none of this is true. I hope you understand. I hope you're familiar enough with my work to recognize that none of this is true. Um, But you see them because we have all learned to have these biases. You see them as harder working, more intelligent, um, more competent, um, more disciplined, more controlled, more, more together, whatever it is. All these things are well-researched. You can, you can read about it. And because of all that, you also see them as more attractive. Because like I said, there is this sort of moral, I don't know, halo <laughs> that, that basically makes people you see as good, socially good and important and high status, as more attractive. And we all learn this. Again, we learn this exactly the same way that we learned to feel disgusted by fat people. We learn it through representation or lack of representation. You know, in movies of the fat friend making jokes and doing potty humor and being just like a sidekick who never has a romantic interest, we learn, okay, that's not only socially bad, you know, like they're not, they're not the lead in this movie, right? They're not as important. We also learn, ah, yes, good. It's, it's funny and it's, it's yucky and it's okay to, to deprecate, you know, and it, whatever. We learn all those things. We learn exactly the opposite with thin people and with everybody else who fits the top of these sort of social hierarchies. So we learn that thin people are, you know, funny and smart and hardworking and just really relatable because we have a gazillion representations of them everywhere. And we learn that they're complex and they're, you know, Basically, we, we get a really deeply human feel for them, which allows us to empathize much more deeply with them. And as we're like watching movies and TV and it, all of these things, we learn that they're, that they're good, you know, that they're important, that they're, they're virtuous in a way that makes them worth more. We see them as more valuable, worth more, worthy of more love and happiness and belonging and respect. With all that bias, 
they look hotter. I mean, that's just, that's just it. It's how we experience the world. They look more attractive to us. Now, if we go back uh, however many hundred years, we can look at the fact that fat women specifically, but, you know, people in larger bodies used to be seen as attractive because at the time it was morally good. It was a sign of high moral character to be in a bigger body. And the reason for that is it represented that that person had money, <laughs> so they didn't have to like work in the fields. And if they had money, there was this assumption that, okay, well, not only are they high status and important, but also at the time that was all mixed up with morality and religion and the idea that people with money must just be better people because God is rewarding them with success and, and you know, riches. So it used to be that fat folks were seen as more morally virtuous, of high moral character, more socially um, important, higher status, and just overall really good. And in the flip side, at that time, skinny folks were seen as really, really bad, you know, corrupt perhaps, or at least just sort of unimportant and um, sad or pathetic or gross. You know, like if you read books written at the time, there will be these descriptions of, of really thin people, kids uh, or adults, I guess. But the description of thinness is like, it's so gross. It's, it's held in disgusting contempt. Like it's pathetic and, and yucky to see someone who's very thin. So all of that shows us that there's nothing innate about body size being attractive or not. If that could be true and this can be true, there's nothing innate. We can just burst that bubble right now. People love, well, I will say like <laughs> white dudes on the internet specifically seem to love to play devil's advocate about this kind of thing and say to me, oh no, you know, just fat people are objectively like, you know, evolutionarily we are drawn to like fitness or whatever. And I'm like, nah, dude, like I understand your point. And in terms of fitness, yeah, maybe there's some truth to that, right? Like healthy, but body size has nothing to do with that. So eh, that's out. We can look at examples throughout history that show us that body size is not innately attractive or unattractive, which means we learn based on our culture, we all learn to either find it attractive or unattractive based on what beliefs we hold about morality at the time. So just like discussed, we learned a thing, we can unlearn the thing. With attraction, we learned a thing, we can unlearn the thing. So if you are somebody who, let's say, you've thought to yourself, whether you're in a, in a large or small body, you think, I'm just not attracted to fat people. I'm just not. It's just not my thing. I would challenge that to say, I don't know whether you are or not. I don't know that it even matters. But I will say that it is most likely informed by what you learned and what you believe. So you can challenge that. You might challenge that and unpack that and still not be attracted to fat people. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you who you like. I will tell you, though, that when I see people go through this journey and my own personal journey in this space, it changes. It, it has to change. Because when you no longer hold the idea that there are good and bad people, that body size indicates morality, that there is really anything better or worse about a person based on this kind of thing, who you find attractive just shifts. It just naturally shifts. And this is true with, with everything. You know, you can do this work around moral disgust and moral attraction with regard to, let's say, ability or disability, um, with regard to race, with regard to gender and gender expression. Personally, I used to find uh, transgender people yucky, 
right? I had a moral disgust because I, I don't know, I grew up sheltered and I, I heard they were bad and morally corrupt. And I, I just thought I didn't know any, but it seemed bad and I would never be into it. And if I saw a picture or something, I was like, ugh. And then I did a bunch of unlearning around that space because what the fuck, that is a bunch of garbage. Unlearned all that stuff, had a lot more exposure, moved much more deeply into queer culture because of my own sexual explorations and gender explorations. Exposed myself to a bunch of voices of people who were, became humanized to me because I, I, I could clearly see that they're just awesome people and that gender expression, in, in fact, doesn't really freaking mean anything. Um, and then on the other side, I, I was able to discover like how interesting I am some, sometimes, not everyone, obviously, but I'm sometimes attracted to trans folks. And I'm like, ah, oh, that is so interesting. I never thought that would be true, but here we are. And because of that unlearning, I can very clearly see that there was a moral block to my attraction. And I unlearned that moral block and now there's just no block. So I'm able to be attracted to more people, which is kind of fun. Um, and likewise, I would say with race, with ability, like these are things where, again, I'm not telling you that you could be attracted to other people than you currently are, but I am saying this stuff is learned and it can be unlearned and unlearning it is super liberating both for yourself and for others. Because honestly, if you think about it, just with fatness as an example here, if you are fat and are not attracted to fat people, you're kind of fucked, you know, like how can you be body neutral in that space? How can you ever believe? that someone will love you and, and lust after you and like really be turned on by you if you have a moral block to allowing yourself to be, to, to be loving and lusting after and being turned on by someone else in a fat body. It, you, basically, the answer is you can't. It's too difficult. It's, it, it just feels too complicated of a mind puzzle. I work with people all the time who are like, I just think fat is gross, so how could anyone else love me, you know? Or how can anyone else want me? And the answer is, other people who either never learned this in the first place or have unlearned it will want you. Because fatness is not inherently gross or bad or ugly or anything. So yeah, we live in a fatphobic culture. There's the anti-fat bias. I totally hear that this will create issues. This will be something you run into depending on where you are and what circles you run in. This could be a huge issue of scarcity of people who have, you know, either done this work, unpacked it, or just never been exposed to it somehow. But in the end, it's important to recognize that this work can be done because there's nothing innate about what is attractive. So this is also really important for my self-objectifiers, like the self-objectifier body image avatar, which um, you can learn more about the avatars in some of my other work if, if that's a new concept for you. But the self-objectifier is often focused on other people will only be attracted to this one thing. And that one thing is typically like, Sort of the height of beauty ideals, you know, thin, white, conventionally attractive. Um, if it's a woman, then it's like you have to be super femme, you have to be dainty and delicate. If you're a man, you have to be big and muscular. Uh, there's there's really nothing allowed in between that gender binary in terms of uh, appropriate expression, and everything has to be just like perfect, managed, controlled, really fit, really lean, you know, all these things. So we learn all this stuff about what is supposedly attractive based on beauty, beauty ideals. And then we project it. We say, okay, well, I learned to be disgusted by everything other than that. So obviously other people are too. But the truth is you can unlearn it. And not everybody learned what you learned, which is exactly why so many people have partners who are into them who don't understand why their partners are into them. 
They're like, I wouldn't be into me. <laughs> you know, like I, I've seen my body and I wouldn't be into my body. But then their partners are like, okay, well, I am. And this creates this really weird um, conflict in, in the mind for a lot of my clients because they are trained to see themselves as not attractive. They are conditioned to see only certain things as attractive and everything else is gross. And not everybody learned the same things they learned. In fact, I would argue like a lot of women learned that most of women's bodies is disgusting. A lot of men learn that most of women's bodies is attractive. And so there's this big weird chasm among, you know, heterosexual couples where it's like he's into her and she does not understand and think she's gross. So this is a really common dynamic we see play out. So I want to talk about the fact that we can retrain ourselves. We can unlearn what we find attractive. And in my example, I'll give you, I used to find the same beauty ideals attractive as everybody else. You know, I looked at Hollywood stars. Brad Pitt in Fight Club was like my ultimate dream boy for so, so long. That blonde hair, those chiseled abs. I was like, oh my God, you know, that, that got me going, right? That turned me on. That was sexy. And then, I mean, I was young, you know, I was like in high school. But, and then as I was like learning all these different things, I got into the fitness industry. I saw, I, I became friends and, and coworkers with so many men with chiseled abs and chiseled cheekbones. And <laughs> I don't know, man, the, the shine of it all fell off for me because these were men with massive disordered eating habits and obsession with training. These were men who spent their entire lives controlling their body. And some of them were incredibly smart and incredibly kind. I don't, I don't want to shit talk the, the guys in the industry. But I do want to observe that it stopped being sexy to me during that time. I saw so many chiseled abs and it stopped being sexy because I no longer associated it with this like, you know, amazing person, this, this height of goodness and like uh, appeal that like Brad Pitt was to me. I was like, oh, I bet he's amazing. He's probably like the coolest, best person, you know? And I don't know, I just met these guys and they were just human. And also they were not really my cup of tea when it came to who I would choose to sleep with or partner with. They were a lot of times really, really focused on themselves. They were, you, you kind of have to be if you're going to like maintain the sort of um, eating and lifting schedule required to um, in part be the best in the industry as a personal trainer and in part to maintain that aesthetic. So these guys were obsessed with what they did. They were obsessed with themselves, a lot of them. They didn't have a lot of depth in terms of conversation. We weren't having the kind of intellectual stimulating conversations that I craved. So these were just not guys who turned me on. And I eventually discovered like, wow, everybody else, sometimes they'll see pictures of something with me and my friends or my coworkers. They'd be like, damn, you, you know, you're surrounded by these guys all day. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I remember everybody else thinks this is so hot. And at some point, I just stopped thinking it was attractive. It, it stopped being attractive, like, at all. And it actually went so far in the other direction that when I see that now, I am turned off. Like, I have a bit of that moral disgust that has been learned because I feel disgusted by the idea of who they might be. Now, granted, this isn't like every individual I see with abs I'm going to be disgusted by. But when I see a picture or whatever of a guy and he's chiseled and he's like, clearly putting so much time and effort into the way he looks, I am really turned off. I am like, ew, thanks, no. That is not my kind of person. That is not 
the kind of morality that I uphold in my life, that is not the kind of value system that I connect with as good, therefore it is not attractive. So this can be unlearned in that kind of way. Same with women, by the way. I mean, I'm using men here. I'm bisexual. The same is true of women. I used to uphold the same kind of women everybody else does. I now have a much more diverse um, and, and very different experience of who I'm attracted to um, across all genders. So it can be unlearned, and I think it should be unlearned. And if, if you don't want to unlearn it because you want to be attracted to different people, fine. That's just kind of a weird, cool thing to notice that as it shifts. But you, you probably do want to unlearn it because it's connected to systems of oppression and bias that are living inside of you and harming you and harming everyone else that you come into contact with. This is about liberation work. This is about oppression. If you hold biases about people that are fat, then you also hold biases about people that are thin. If you feel uh, attracted to a certain kind of person due to moral attraction, then you are probably feeling disgusted by another kind of person due to moral disgust. All of this should be challenged, I think. All of this should be explored with curiosity and really unpacked so that you can be liberated in your own experience of loving yourself and accepting yourself and body neutrality. And also so that you can look around the world and just be like, God, there is beauty everywhere. You know, there are so many attractive people and attractiveness has freaking nothing to do with beauty ideals and standards. Just nothing, like literally nothing. We arbitrarily upheld a bunch of stuff and it isn't, it isn't what we are actually attracted to a lot of the time. It is what we learned to associate with goodness. So when you unlearn that goodness and badness, you also open up a whole new branch of connection and arousal and attraction and great sex with people you might not have thought would turn you on because you were too blocked. You know, you, you weren't able to receive the, the messages in your own body of, of what is attractive and what turns you on. So it's, it's fun and it's interesting and it's, it's just a super fascinating concept to me. It's also, I believe, our sort of moral duty to do this liberation work inside ourselves. Because if each of us did this, the whole world would be incredibly better, you know? All of this idea of like people being marginalized and discriminated against, it, it would fall away if we all did this liberation work inside of ourselves. Because all of the biases that uphold that shit would become exposed and dismantled. It also is the only way to get to body liberation for yourself, to get to body neutrality, because you just can't realistically uh, expect to feel okay about the body you live in when you are looking around and holding the idea that there is one kind of person who is attractive. It is not you. You are failing, which means other people won't find you attractive either. Maybe they'll even find you disgusting. And you're just basically fucked. Like, that is not going to be a place from which you are able to appreciate yourself or to feel good in your skin or to feel just even okay. Because you're not okay in that paradigm. So all of this, I think, should be unlearned. All of this should be challenged. And also, like, how freaking fun, I mean, in my experience anyway, that I can now feel really turned on by people and experiences that would have previously to me been utterly um, just barricaded, you know, that I would not have been able to be as free in my body sexually and emotionally 
and I would not have been able to have as much pleasure in my body and as much like aliveness in my body while I was blocking the fuck out of people who would actually turn me on or people who would actually bring me, you know, connection and intimacy and joy. So with all of that, I hope it shows the sort of flip side of the moral disgust in a way that is illuminating. This is a topic I talk about with my clients all the time. And I think to myself, oh my God, I need to make a program about this. I need to like get all this shit down. I need to look up all the research and compile it so that I can prove to you people that attraction is not objective. Attraction is not based on beauty ideals. Attraction is not even real the way we think about it. You know, that attractiveness, I should say, is not based on what we think of as being attractive. These things are just not what they appear. We imagine that uh, something I hear a lot about is like, oh, men are so visual, right? Something we learn. And so a lot of clients will tell me, oh, because men are visual, they can say, I'm attracted to lots of different people and I find beauty in lots of different people, but men don't because they're very visual. And I'm like, no, like men may be more visually stimulated. There's some research that that suggests that might not even necessarily be true, that we're all very visually stimulated if we allow ourselves to connect to it. But possibly, yeah, maybe they're more visually stimulated. That doesn't mean they respond only or more intensely to people who fit the beauty ideals, though. That, that is garbage. That's, that's nothing. Other than they may have learned to experience moral attraction, which is not necessarily what really turns them on, but instead it is it is exactly what we've been talking about. They may have learned, ah, like thin, conventionally attractive, high femme women are high status. They are good. They are what I should want. So maybe they're attracted to women in that space. But even then, that sucks for those men because they're not going to have the kind of great sex they want because they're not really going to connect with what actually really moves them and makes them feel good. So that is not the kind of partner you want anyway. So if we're just sitting around going, oh, okay, well, men are visual, so I guess I don't get to partner with one because I don't fit the standard, I just want to blow that out of the water and say, actually, moral attraction may be there, but everybody likes something different. And once we unpack moral attraction, because it is not objective and it is not innate, you find all kinds of attraction underneath. That, that attraction has very little to do with beauty ideals in the end. And again, like there are probably people who, who do genuinely find that more attractive because there are people who find pretty much anything attractive, right? Like you go on the internet, you will find someone who finds whatever you are imagining attractive. It, there's so many people on this planet and there's so many different unique preferences. But uh, a great example of how this shows up would be I work with fat women regularly who say that they actually are able to get quite, they're able to get um, sexual relationships with, with men specifically very easily. That it's, it's not hard at all. It's like, yeah, men want them. Men, men are into them. You know, men are like all over them, but men won't, they won't like partner with them. The reason for this is men are focused on trying to look good in society. They want high status whatever, right? And this is not all men. This is shitty men, I will just say. This is not a huge percentage of men, but this is like the trope that I will hear is they're attracted to these women in larger bodies. They're into it. It turns them on. But they're not allowed to say that because there's this sort of like 
anti-fat bias bro code that you're supposed to be chasing a high status woman to prove what a man you are, right? It's all patriarchy bullshit. And those are shitty men you don't want to be partnering with. So ultimately in the end kind of saves you from them. So there are so many people on this planet who will be into you no matter what you look like, because being into someone is so much more complex than just looking good and looking good is even much more complex than what we thought it looked what what we thought it was you know we really want it to be just you fit the standard you look good but it's actually like so much more interesting than that so we have found people attractive at different periods of life uh, or, or rather i should say different periods of history that look nothing like each other which just goes to show this can all be unlearned and explored and, and dismantled and liberated. So I hope this inspires you to go do some of that liberation work yourself, either for yourself or for the people that you will encounter in life. Um, I feel so passionately about this, obviously. This is something I care deeply about all of us unpacking. Um, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.